The emergence of COVID-19 has forced the legal industry to rapidly undergo a fundamental transformation. I'm Jack Newton, CEO and co-founder of Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal software provider. In each episode of Daily Matters, we'll explore what this new normal means for law firms, how legal professionals can find success while working remotely, and how lawyers can best serve their clients during this unprecedented situation. Today's guest is Heidi Alexander, Director of Lawyer Wellbeing at the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. Heidi, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Heidi, first of all, how are you and your family doing? Oh, well, I, I appreciate you asking. Uh, we, we're, we're doing okay, actually. Uh, I, have, uh, I have three young kids, a six-year-old and uh, two four-year-old twins. Um, so it's been, uh, certainly been a, a challenge in our household, uh, with, uh, two, you know, two adults who work full time. My wife is actually a healthcare professional. She's a pediatrician. So she's on the, on the front lines. Um, but you know, we're, we're trying to balance everything, trying to, uh, you know, teach the kids something. Uh, I'm not sure whether we're teaching them much at, at this point. Um, but, uh, but they're, uh, they're, they're definitely enjoying their time with us. I, you know, I can say the one, one thing that I think is, is positive is that I think my kids are going to look back at this experience and they're going to, they're going to think of it fondly. Um, you know, they had, they got to spend a lot of time with their family. So, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic about yeah. things here, but I appreciate that. Agree. I, I, I think that's a silver lining and I, I don't feel this yeah. every day right now, but I've enjoyed spending more time around my kids and having them jump in the office and see them through the day to day a little bit. But I, I feel your pain. I feel like teaching them something every day is a stretch goal right now. And uh, um, it's, it's a lot to, it's a lot to juggle. Yes. yes. Um, maybe a related question next, uh, which is what's on your mind most right now? Uh, I would love to have you tell us a bit about any changes you're experiencing personally as a result of, of COVID-19 and, and tell us a little bit about what the, the broader climate looks like around COVID-19 there in uh, Massachusetts. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> it's, I mean, it's definitely, it's hitting us hard. Um, you know, like I said, you know, my, my wife is in the, the healthcare profession. So um, she had, you know, she'd been learning uh, about this back in February and had started prepping us. <laughs> uh, and, and it's, it's not, not good in, in Massachusetts right now. Uh, Boston is, Definitely getting getting hit hard, um, and uh, and I and people are stressed. And so, uh, my I actually started a new job on Monday. So I I was formerly as last week I was the uh, deputy director of our state's lawyer assistance program, which uh, mm -hmm. helps lawyers in a number of different ways. And um, as an extension of my work, I recently became the the first. Uh, director of our Supreme Judicial Court's Standing Committee on Lawyer Wellbeing. And um, the goal is really to partially implement our Supreme Judicial Court's uh, recommendations. Uh, there was a big report on well-being that they put out, which had some fantastic recommendations. But of course, right now, we're very much focused on uh, the current crisis. And so um, just in the past week, we have been meeting with um, people around the state to 
try to assess, you know, what are the problems that uh, attorneys are facing from large firms to public agencies to civil legal aid to um, to the the solo and small firm practitioners as well as the the lawyers, and we're trying to take some steps to respond and to and to help all of those attorneys. So, um, so I think you know, attorneys. There's been a lot of changes, you know, especially for the solo and small attorneys who um, some of them were not accustomed to working virtually, right? Um, maybe haven't you know experienced uh, the the technology and don't know how to how to use it. Uh, and so they're you know they're they're struggling. They're trying to figure out how to how to make it work. Um, and if you look at our our court system, um, so our, our courts have been working 24 um, seven to churn out orders uh, so that they can hear emergent matters telephonically um, to, um, to, to do uh, electro, uh, the recent, recent, most recent order has been um, uh, service by email. And so, you know, if you're a practitioner who really is not technologically sophisticated, you may not even understand what that, what that means and what that entails. Um, so there's a lot of sort of interpretation, right. Of these orders. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it's a lot, it's, um, it's, it's very challenging right now, very stressful. So it's interesting. You're, (laughs) The world you walked into as this director of lawyer well-being is is probably an entirely different job than you thought you were walking into when you accepted the job, uh, I assume, weeks or maybe months ago. Well, it I, I mean, it feels like it, it, you know, it's taken on even more importance at this time. So. Uh, you know, I, I fortunately coming from the state's lawyer assistance program, I've been involved in a lot of these efforts over time. So I'm I'm very familiar with the landscape. Um, so I was able to to jump right in and um, and really work on some real initiatives that we're probably hopefully going to be rolling out uh, today or early next week. So there there's definitely a lot of movement. Um, certainly, no, it was not not what I had initially um, expected. But um, but it, this is just you know the, this crisis um, is going to have a huge impact on attorney well being. It, it already has. What what kinds of impacts are you seeing, Heidi? Is is there? I, I know it's still early, but can you just see what kind of challenges you're seeing, and may, maybe what kind of advice you're giving to lawyers mm-hmm. that are encountering those challenges? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think um, we're we're definitely seeing, like I said, the the solo and small firm practitioners being being hit hard um, financially. Uh, and, um, and also, uh, just being able to sort of comprehend how to, uh, continue to maintain their practice. And so when their inbox is full of these court orders every day, um, they're basically spending a a pretty, you know, a pretty significant portion of their day, just trying to read and interpret these court orders. Um, fortunately, our, uh, our 
our state trial courts just came out with a with a, a helpline, and so they now have this helpline that any user can can call, um, including litigants, and they'll help you sort of walk you through the the case, um, tell you how to file things or um, what what you need to do, what the status is. So I think that's that's really helpful, and I'm definitely seeing a lot of. Um, great uh, great work by the uh, by our courts um, in response to this. So certainly, yeah, solo and small firm practitioners, I, I hear a lot about um, you know financial issues. Um, and so you know there are these uh, SBA loans, there's the disaster um, relief <clears throat> loans and other uh, other uh, paycheck, loans that people can get, uh, small businesses can get. And I, I see a lot of small firms applying for those. So I definitely would, you know, recommend, uh, looking into, looking into those. Uh, and of course it depends on the type of practice. I mean, we're seeing attorneys who are at large firms who are being impacted in a, in a different way. So some of these attorneys who are litigators, right, their, um, their practice is continuing and maybe even uh, increasing, and they're getting calls from concerned clients. Uh, and, and so they're having to, to navigate those issues. Um, but of course, then there's, there's other firms where, you know, maybe their entire practice is real estate or permitting and they have no work at the, at the moment. Um, so there are a lot of different concerns, um, based on where you are. And then we have, uh, and then we have law students, right? Um, law students who, uh, who are worried that they may no longer have a job when they graduate, uh, the, in Massachusetts, our, our, um, our bar exam has just been postponed, so they won't be able to take the bar exam in the summer. And um, and so law, law schools are trying to figure out what you know what that means. And do these people graduate? Is there even is there a ceremony? Probably not. Um, and how do we help them find these jobs um, when um, you know at at this really difficult time when not very many people are are hiring? Um, so I think. You know, there's yeah. I think every attorney is um, is seeing some sort some sort of change, uh, certainly in their practice, um, and added added stress and anxiety. Yeah, and with the added stress and anxiety into a profession that that already had plenty of it to to start with. You know, wanted to get your thoughts on 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 this, which is. Lawyers were already n- notorious for for not prioritizing self care and working too hard, and and often not finding you know an appropriate level of of work life balance or work life blend, uh, and and we see the the results of that uh, in terms of increased rates of depression and substance abuse and uh, even suicide. Uh, curious what your thoughts are on on why that is. You know, if if there's a root cause that you think is driving that, and what do you think is the the solution to to that? When you're thinking about how do we get to uh, lawyers that have good overall well being, especially in the midst of a crisis like this, how do we? What advice would you give? And and curious what your thoughts on are on some of the structural aspects of what is driving lawyers to not take care of themselves the way that they, mm-hmm. they need to and should. 
yeah um and and that's and that's really what what is the sort of the foundation of what my my work is is built on um because back in 2016 the national uh, uh ABA uh, task force on lawyer well-being put out this this sort of seminal report on the rates of depression and um, and substance use, and we know that lawyers suffer from that um, higher from higher than the the general population. So, um, and there's a number of reasons um, because of that. I mean, if you you know one, you think back to to law school. Um, uh, being in law school, uh, like the Socratic sort of traditional Socratic method, um, is sort of like the quintessential anxiety provoking, um, structure. (laughs) And so, and then you move on to the bar exam and the bar exam is very competitive. Um, not everyone passes. Um, unlike mental health professionals, um, attorneys don't actually learn self-care skills and other skills to manage their um, their own well-being while they're in law school, um, and I'm you know I'm hoping that there are, there's going to be more of that taught in law school. But in mental health care professionals, that's that's part of what they work on when they they get a a degree. Um, they have to figure out how to care for themselves because they're dealing with clients and their own issues, and so there's lots of vicarious trauma, um, and they learn how to manage that. But as attorneys, we, we haven't, that's not what we focus on. Um, and then of course we have the law firm culture and, uh, the, the focus on, on billable hours, uh, working 24 seven. Um, and so that's, that's a huge, you know, contributor. Um, and then the other part of it is that, you know, we're, we are, uh, we're a helping profession. Um, that's that's what we do. We're we're here to help people, and a lot of times we place our clients' needs first. Um, and you know, you see this across the board. I mean, you know, you see it with the the legal aid attorneys, you know, who are helping people, you know, so that they don't get evicted from their homes. I mean, you know, it, it's it's difficult. It's difficult work. Um, so I think that there's a lot of contributing factors to that. Um, but on um, you know on the uh, sort of on the on the flip side, I think there's there's a lot that can be done um, to to help attorneys. Um, and so you know you know one of the things I talked about is uh, education in law school or training, um, where people learn more about um, how to manage their their stress. Um, they learn what vicarious trauma is, you know, and how to how to recognize it in yourself. And so, what I tell people is to be attuned to to changes that you're feeling, like in your mind, in your body, um, and um, and and be aware of those things. And clearly, that's going to be happening a lot right now. People are going to find that there there are changes. Um, and when that happens, like you have to make sure that you know where to go, like who to talk to um, when um, when you're seeing those those changes. And so that might be, you know, like a, a state lawyer assistance program, uh, a, a clinician, uh, maybe it's a um, uh, EAP, an employee assistance program um, that can refer you out to a, a clinician. Um, there's, there's other great resources and I can, I can talk more about those as well. But, um, but I think, you know, the, the primary thing is really to be attuned to, um, to changes and kind of, and, and remember that, you know, you, if, 
if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're certainly not going to be the best advocate for your client and being, you know, and doing the best work. And so that, that has to come, that really has to come first. So. so let's, let's talk about two things. Maybe first, what are some of the red flags that you would look for that you, you are uh, experiencing symptoms of physical or mental health well-being that you should you should act on and be concerned about and and then let's talk about resources that might be available additional resources that are available to to address those but maybe uh would love to 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 first hear what what should be looking what should you be looking out for yeah um so i think that um you know right right now especially um there you're everyone is going to be experiencing uh, changes and, and it's going to, you know, I think it's going to feel, feel like a, a roller coaster. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, and that's the reality. Um, you know, what we don't want to happen is, is that, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you can't get out of bed um, and, and you're unable to, to function. And so, you know, Things like changes, changes in your mood, or, you know, if you're, you know, someone who has a great sense of humor, and all of a sudden, (laughs) you, you know, nothing, nothing is funny anymore. Um, You know, just changes in your, your daily routine. And so, you know, I mean, one of the things that that people can do right now is to um, try to maintain some sort of routine, Um, you know, whether it be, you know, you get up in the morning and maybe you um, you exercise, which is, by the way, what I what I'm attempting to do after we do this. As you can see, I have my I have my CrossFit T-shirt on here. Oh, good for you. A fan of CrossFit, so I've been doing my CrossFit workouts in the basement. Um, but you know, things like that, and you know, I can tell you for myself, like uh, we, my gym, my my local CrossFit gym, where I actually I also coach there. Um, we have we've been getting together on uh, on Zoom and doing workouts together, and um, and that's really that's really helpful because it makes you feel like you know there's something within your control, and you can sort of re- keep some some of your routine that you had before, and so you know, doing things like exercising and, you know, maybe sitting down and eating lunch, right? Taking a break for lunch. Um, because I think um, sometimes what, and this is what we've been hearing of attorneys, is that it, it your day is sort of, it's, it's just one um, long day of work. And it's hard to find, um, it's hard to say, it's hard to find those sort of those boundaries, right? Because you wake up in the morning and you're at your workplace um, and you're, and so you may have to sort of set some boundaries and say, okay, I'm going to be working, you know, between this time frame. Um, and if that's not for you, you know, at least give yourself a break, you know, say, I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to exercise, you know, for an hour here, I'm going to, you know, eat lunch with it and, and, and then I'm going to spend time with my family or I'm going to play a trivia game with friends, uh, online, you know, whatever, whatever it might be, but making sure to give, give yourself breaks because you can't, you can't work, um, yeah. you can't work 24 um, seven. I think you're right. Everything just blurs together. It's, <laughs> it's, it's tough that that distinction between work and, and your personal life becomes really, if it was blurry to start with before this crisis, it just, got, uh, amalgamated together entirely. And, 
you know, a couple of other ideas I've heard of, don't know if you have any uh, response to these, but the idea of, you know, more physically compartmentalizing your workspace as well, like make a, a physical mm-hmm. spot in your home, which is where work happens and make sure what, that, that area is only for work. And likewise, your yeah. personal space remains your personal space. And I've, yep. I've also heard about the the concept of rituals, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and something that you do, it could be a physical ritual um, or a meditation, but an idea that you mm-hmm. are creating a, a physical break, a bit of a ceremony between moving from work and moving to, to home life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and what's great is that there's, there are so many free resources now. So, you know, we've been telling people about the uh, Brown Center for Mindfulness. They have all these free mindfulness uh, sessions that they're offering, weekly sessions uh, there's the Mindfulness and Law Society, and they have chapters all over the nation, and they're offering free weekly sessions. So if that's something you've never done before and you're interested, yeah. now might be be the time, right? So there's a lot of great, I mean, I think there's there are a lot of great, great resources um, for people. And I think, you know, the other thing that we hear from practitioners, and we hear this from practitioners, especially solo and small firm practitioners, even outside of this crisis, is the issue with with isolation, um, and that that happens when you're you know you're you're doing work for your client, and you you know and you just don't have a network of other practitioners, and it's and we're finding it even more so now because people are are at their homes, and so. If right. there are ways that you can connect with um, with other attorneys um, or other people, you know, you know, maybe it's some of your law school friends or you know who, and you know, having something, you know, maybe once a week to to connect, um, having you know, having a, a group of attorneys who all practice in the same area getting together once a week. Um, what you know, one of the things I did hear having a conversation with a a large firm attorney. And um, one of the things he said that I loved is he said, you know, there, I work with all of these people um, across the nation. And um, typically when I, when I, I connect with them, I pick up the phone and I call them, but now I'm using video chat and I actually am having more face-to-face communications with people right. than I was having before. And I think a lot of people are finding that. Um, so, you know, that, yep, that am, is, certainly. you know, something, what, right. <laughs> I mean, we, w- maybe we wouldn't have been doing this, right. <laughs> if we wouldn't have been doing this. And, so, and I have found yeah. that a, many of the phone calls I would have had are defaulting to video yep. chats. Yep. And you realize how much more engaging that is and how much more personal right. it feels having a, a face-to-face yeah. conversation, even if it's yeah. over a video chat. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that's great. I mean, I think that's that's one silver lining um, of, of all of this. So, And, and where do you, uh, Heidi, one, one question I have mm-hmm. is where do you find that community where there maybe isn't the, uh, the physical meeting places and the, the, the mm-hmm. physical networking opportunities that existed in the, in the past where, where can people get started if they say, I, I want to meet some other lawyers in my practice area and I want to create a little bit of a, you know, maybe we get together for a zoom happy hour once a week, or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I want to create a mastermind group and yeah. get a group of, of, of lawyers engaged on that. How do you go about doing that? How do you kind of bootstrap if you're starting from zero? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that, 
uh, at least in Massachusetts, a lot of the the local bar associations are are offering those opportunities. Um, it's a great yeah. way to connect with other attorneys. You know, if you're if you're part of a bar association or you're you know maybe you're in a state that has a mandatory bar association, I would be looking to see what the bar association is offering, or just reaching out to some of the other members of the bar association. Um, and, um, and, you know, that's, that's an easy way to do that. You know, there's, there are, um, there's tons of, uh, Facebook groups now. Um, so if you're mm-hmm. someone who's, who's on Facebook, I mean, there, there's no lack of Facebook groups, um, and that are specific to, to lawyers. Um, and so those are, you know, those are also good opportunities to, to connect with people, um, or, you know, or create your own. I mean, uh, you know, oftentimes you'll have, maybe some some solo practitioners that all practice on the same floor right and yeah. um they can all get together you know just you know call up your you know your your buddy next door and and get you know get the whole floor um chatting uh so you know for we're fortunate to have you know great technology uh that can allow us to do that now so you know definitely definitely utilize that i think that's important your comment around the number of Facebook groups that are out there. I remember there was a, a gathering of really fit seeming women at CleoCon last year and I got chatting with them and they, I asked how they knew each other because they seemed like buddies and they said, oh, we're in the women's women lawyer Peloton group on Facebook. Oh. And I thought, oh, oh. That, that's really specific. Ah, <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't know about that one, but that that's, that's great. I, oh, I, I might have to join that one. Um, I, uh, yeah, I love the, uh, there's the, the hiking lawyers, uh, hiking lawyers is a, is a great group. Um, but, um, and, and the, and Peloton, wow, they're doing great because, uh, they're now offering their service, their service for 90 days for free. So, oh, is that right? Oh yeah. 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 So, and they have everything on there. It's cycling, walking, yoga, uh, meditation, yeah. So and good resource. A great example of how to create community in a virtual way. Right. And they yep. obviously did it, uh, you know, with, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not anticipating the use case yeah. that would be this pandemic, but right. I, I think it's a good example for us to look, look to in terms yep. of just how powerful you can take some of those, how powerfully you can take some of those physical things like a, a spin class that you might think, how could mm-hmm. this ever get recreated in a, right. in a virtual world and actually see it yep. done in a, in a really uh, well-executed way. Yeah. Um, Heidi, I'm, I'm curious, you know, we're uh, seeing obviously all the immediate impacts that the COVID-19 crisis is having on the, the profession and the kinds of pressures it's putting on the profession. I'm, I'm curious, what kind of long-term impacts do you think uh, this might have on the, the legal profession? And, and do you think any of those long-term impacts will be specifically related to lawyer well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, well, I, I guess I'll, I'll start with some of the, the negative impacts. I mean, I think this is going to have a major uh, financial impact on law firms, particularly the solo and small firm practices that um, don't have that, um, that, that cash flow or the savings um, to continue to, to run their firm. So that's, you know, that that's going to be a big one. But um, I, I do see I do see a lot of opportunity and I'm trying to look at this optimistically and and figure out where you know where there are opportunities and I think you know I think one thing we're seeing is that there 
especially in, in our courts, um, there have been sort of exponential changes. I mean, the advances that they have made in terms of the use of technology just in the past yeah. week is unbelievable. And, and it's incredible, the, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're doing things that are much more efficient now for both the court and practitioners that I mean, those are changes that I hope will will stick and will sort of propel the legal profession yeah. forward in a way that you know we haven't we haven't seen in the past. Um, and so you know, I think we're also going to see you know new ways of um, of serving clients, right? Um, practitioners who have not in the past you know used video conferencing um, and and, and uh, done their, their work and connected with clients virtually are now going to be able to do that. And they're probably going to find that they, that may actually be more, more efficient. Um, and so I think that, you know, that's, that's going to be a good positive effect. Um, and then the other thing is that I think in terms of well-being, I think that this is going to have a, a big impact on uh, our, um, our sort of ability to be resilient, uh, and um, and also the the creation of of community, and so you know going through this all all together, um, especially if you can establish some of those communities, um, I think we're going to be a lot stronger. I'm hoping we're going to be a little bit more civil um, because of it, and. Um, and I think we're going to be much, you know, much more resilient um, because we've we've made it through this, and this is, you know, it's not not easy for every anyone. Um, so I do hope that this is going to create a, you know, a, just a sort of um, enhanced sense of of community in the legal profession, and I think it already has. Yeah, I I think there's a lot of bonding that can happen in a, a time of crisis and we're seeing mm -hmm. people adapt really rapidly. I think that one of the things I've been excited about is that the, the crisis has created almost permission to experiment with new things. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and we're seeing things that I, I think, as you pointed out, changes in the courts, for example, that would have taken years or, or decades to play yeah. out, or, or maybe they never would have happened without a forcing factor like this. And I think those have the promise of being permanent uh, and positive changes to the, the way uh, we, we access justice. Yeah. When, when you think about the solo small firm practitioners and some of the maybe longer term positive impacts we could see here, is the, is the financial distress that's going to be created over the coming weeks and months going to result in, in, in you believe, the bankruptcies, for example, or is it going to lead toward uh, a lower cost structure being adopted by solo small firm lawyers where they do things like work from home, for example, instead of out mm -hmm. of uh, a, a more formal office space and, and maybe with, with distributed staff versus everyone being in one office and, and so on, or, or a mix of both. I'd, I'd be curious for your perspective on, yeah. on what you think the, the, the response will be in the profession. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I mean, I I think I you know I think there's I, I, there's a lot of unknowns right now. I mean, I definitely have seen law firms uh, now who are are already laying off employees, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, because they don't have any, any cash flow at this time. Um, so could firms go bankrupt? Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, I think it's, it's very smart to think about how we can, um, how we can streamline operations, um, and do things, you know, a little bit more efficiently and effectively, um, so that, you know, we don't have that, that overhead, um, and so I think that that's, you know, hopefully that's, that'll be a, a, um, a positive result of, of all of this is that people will really be thinking about how to, how to streamline their operations. Um, and I think people are already thinking about that. And I also hope that, you know, people are also thinking about, you know, long-term or maybe not right now, but, um, when they, when we sort of get back into the groove of things, that you know they're they're focused on their their finances and um, and I know for many firms you know they may not have a, a a budget to operate from and so you know thinking about putting together a budget having some some savings to to draw on um, all those things are are really important I mean it's it's what I I train lawyers when I when I was uh, helping lawyers uh, start law firms you know we'd always talk about uh, financial statements and. And, and budgeting, um, but you know that's that's going to be really important, and I think people are going to have, um, I think people are going to see that that importance in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Heidi. Uh, to conclude, I'm wondering if you have any special parting thoughts for our listeners, either as as legal professionals or or just as human beings, that you'd like to to leave us with. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I think I think we. I think we take this. I, we take this day by day. Um, I would definitely encourage uh, you know anyone who is you know feeling stressed or um, is you know just needs a way to to manage these these changes um, is to to reach out and you know seek you know seek help seek support. Um, I just. I think there's so many there's so many fantastic resources uh, right now and other resources that are that are forming um, that you can certainly play a part in. You know, volunteer your time. Um, for example, what I'm trying to roll out today is a uh, is a tech line for our practitioners in the in Massachusetts to call so that they can receive uh, technology assistance and, and assistance in uh, practicing, uh, remotely, um, especially oh, so for great. attorneys who have never done it yet before. Yeah. And we're actually staffing it with, uh, with lawyers. So it's going to be staffed by a lot of, uh, a lot of young lawyers who are, you know, pretty sophisticated in this stuff. So, um, the young lawyers have jumped on this because they're looking for a way to give back and this is a great way for them. So, you know, look for those opportunities too, but, you know, again, we're, you know, we're going to get, we're going to make it through this and, and we're going to be, we're going to be better uh, because of it. Um, and again, you know, seek out support when you need it. Well, that's a a great parting thought and thanks so much for joining us, Heidi. I really, uh, enjoyed our conversation and and you left us with a lot of practical advice on, on how to navigate some of the, uh, various challenges uh, we'll be facing over the coming months. Thanks for spending the time with us. Absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on Daily Matters today, a podcast from Clio. Rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Daily Matters is produced by Andrew Booth, Sam Rosenthal, and Derek Bolin, and hosted by yours truly, Jack Newton. 
Thanks also to Clio, the world's leading cloud-based legal technology provider for supporting this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Clio, please visit clio.com. 